Welcome back to Control Alt Revolt episode 160. I'm Nick Cole. It feels like a little while since we've done this podcast, but really it was just last Thursday. We didn't do anything. Sometimes we'll do one on Sunday. Sometimes we'll do one on Monday. Sometimes we'll do one on Tuesday. Sometimes on Saturday. Sometimes on Saturday. But today we had a lot to do this week. Some big maneuvers needed to be made. And so we have cleared out a block of time to spend it with you, our friends. And a cup of coffee. Exactly. And I'm Single White Medusa, by the way. For anyone that doesn't know, most everyone probably what does. What kind of kafeve are you drinking today? The old Turkish, is this an Olay or a latte? Olay. Turkish Olay from Keen Coffee, our favorite. Yeah, the good times ahoy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well... Might as well enjoy it while we can before they maybe lock us down again. <laughs> yeah, I think things are about. I think things are already getting infinitely weirder. I know this podcast is like things are going to get weird, and it's going to like nope. I think they're weird now, but I, I I still am going to say I think they're about to get weirder. But there's just like a real a lot of really odd stuff going on. The first thing that I think I would dive in on mm-hmm. is the Shanghai video. Yeah. So if you haven't seen the Shanghai video, um. Let's make a note and post that in the the comments so people can see it. It's probably one of the most disturbing things you'll ever see in your life. And let's specify, because there's a few disturbing videos of Shanghai, by the way. But you mean the one with everyone screaming from their apartments, right? I think all the videos are uh, disturbing. But the everybody screaming like they're being murdered inside their apartments is probably one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, like... Uh, I've, someone commented that was showing it um, like that sounds like actual hell like that sounds like what hell would sound like and I was like that's so true that's like a good, it is that's so chilling yeah like and like horrible. you know just to show the bubbles of the culture we just had to spend some time with a doctor who is a guy who is sensible and everything like that but because of his family and wife he and his you know where he lives Southern California he trends you know left I but I think if he could be dropped off in the Borneo wilderness with a battle rope and a stick, he would probably find himself towards a center moderate right kind of position, things like that. And um, and I and he he was saying my my wife is friends with a well-to-do Chinese lady, whose family's at the top of the party and making lots of money, and even the top party members are beginning to freak out. And I said, oh, have you seen the Shanghai video? And he goes, no, no. What is that about? And it's like, it just shows you in this culture that, like, there are so many things that are hidden and without, like, the media can, you know, maybe they can't control everything. And I think if you go looking for it, um, you know, you you can find it. They can still control it. There are things that have been totally washed. We'll talk about one of those things today, a guy named Bing Lao, Bing Ling. Bing Lao, I think. Bing Ling, Bing Lao. No, 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 Bing Lao. Bing Ling Lao. Not a Chinese clown. Chinese dead guy. Um, Bing Liu. Bing it, Liu. If I'm pronouncing it right. Or as he's known to his friends. Yeah. Bing Ling. Bing Ling. Bing Ling. <laughs> Bing um, But if you're if you're in that sort of uninformed, you know, you think that uh, Cardi B is some sort of moral compass. You know, or you're just, uh, you know, oh, of course, trans, trans kids, you know, need 
more representation. Like it's amazing the stories that you're not getting, but then the emotionalism that they push people to die on this hill. You know, like like and everybody like Disney is the greatest thing ever, and only bigotry is 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 stopping the love at Disney. You know, and things like that. And you're like, you know, all these Disney employees have been arrested for hardcore child molestation and porn. You know, like yeah. you, you realize that that company's got a problem. Right. A serious problem. Yeah. You know. Um, and that's the thing that I hate, and I think we'll we'll, we'll get into a story where uh, that's controversial today. Um, and then we'll, we're going to read something from a person who approaches it exactly as everything should be approached instead of this sort of football team. My team is right. Your team is bad. As Tim Pool was pointing out, you know, uh, Bill Maher goes, I hope that there's a recession so we can get Donald Trump. He said that three years ago. Well, you, you have your recession now and the world is falling apart and you're bitching about it. You little Hollywood fucktard. Who likes like who brags about having hookers and dope every night after a show? Now you're whining about the left. You're why oh they've gone goofy and you realize your country's being. But three years ago you begged for this recession. Well you've got it now, buddy. You've got it and the country is almost ruined, if not totally gut shot. Yeah. So you wished for it and you got your wish and now, and now you're, you're complaining about you it. Like wish. like when let me put it this way. Without getting myself in trouble. If we had voted for Donald Trump and we had gotten Donald Trump, like we probably should have because of the election. As in like we probably in, did. Yeah, as we probably <laughs> did. But like, and now we were in this situation with the gas and the food crisis and all these things. I, I have no doubt beyond a shadow of a doubt that Trump supporters would be being beaten in the streets and dragged from their Trump Pence signed cars and all these kinds of things. And, and literally murdered, and, and, and the left in the media would saying, well, this is a terrible thing, but isn't it a good thing that it's happening? Yeah. But instead, it's Biden, and you begged for this. You begged for the destruction of the country because you thought as soon as the smart kids were in charge, you guys would take over and do good and, and be in control, and you would show us all. You would show us all, and everything would be better. Mm. Well, you got your wish, and it turns out the guy who's running things right now, who probably isn't running things... He's so bad at this that they're probably going to have to invent new descriptors of how bad you can... He's so bad at this that people on his own side are now openly admitting this is a giant mistake. Yeah, for sure. And and that's fine and well and dandy, but we're not to the food crisis yet. We're getting there. There's places where people are having trouble getting food. You're not even halfway. You're not even one-fourth of the way to how infinitely bad it's about to get. Yeah, but I mean, I think like the press conference or whatever that was at the White House when Obama was there, it is so, everyone knows now he's not running it, and it does indicate it could be Obama. I mean, that doesn't mean for sure, but everyone flocked to well, him. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I just, I, I know from having been in Hollywood and around power circles and things like that, that you can always tell who the most powerful person in the room is by how fast... Everybody runs to get away from shaking your hand or out of the conversation about art and politics and then making better movies or, you know, whatever bullshit you were talking about. And then the powerful person comes into the room and everybody can't wait to go over there and, and, and kiss the ring. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw those videos of Obama, it wasn't just... 
they tried to frame it as like, oh, it's old home week. You know, it's high last. You know, last year's uh, winning game captain came back for homecoming week. Right. Uh, it wasn't that. Mm-mm. It was that. And and there's a quote that you brought up uh, that he said during his presidency. Well, yeah, because someone I was just listening to mentioned it, and so I hope it's a real quote because I don't. I think I remember hearing it, but I'm not positive. We should we should look it up. But in the meantime. I'll try to restate what they said, which was like someone asked him kind of, I think, during his second term or something like, would you ever consider serving a third term as president? Like if there was a way for you to or if it was legal, if you were allowed to. And he basically said, well, I don't know. But what I would think would be like that I would consider, you know, theoretically, that would be nice would be like if I could sit in a basement and kind of run things from there, that would be like. I would be down with that. I would consider that. So I have to look that up, make sure that's real. But I don't know why someone would just make that up. So, and it does sound like something Obama would say. But we noticed something that was weird about the way that he phrased that. Well, what stood out to me when you said it said it was the basement quote. Yeah. Because in the world of crazy conspiracy thinking, we get into this thing called the dumbs, deep underground military bunkers. I'm pretty sure they exist. Um, there's a lot of people who say they do exist, and they say some pretty fantastic things that go on down there, go on down there. Now, a lot of the kids who've been sex trafficked or, um, you know, whatever, victims of sort of, you know, the kids that have talked about the tunnels beneath D.C., they've alluded to these things, and they've said pretty wild and fantastic things. Like, there's whole sort of hyperloop systems down there. One one kid even said they have dirigibles down there, balloons, like fixed rigid airships. And, you know, they were saying, like, it's easy to, like, it's really easy to cross the country down there and things like that. And, again, all of these people are so heavily damaged and scarred by what's happened to them that I don't know that you can necessarily, you know, it's not admissible in court, in my opinion. Um, but I do I do take everything and I and I try to collate it. And then when someone, you know, like Obama, you know, doing the, uh, oh, gosh, you know, uh, Huckleberry conversation, well... Here's what I would have said. Like, why would why did you say basement? Why, I found it, by the way. Why? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just saying. No. Go e- ahead. Everybody, Medusa found something. No, no, no. Go ahead. I want to finish what you're saying. I was just saying I did find it. Um, and this is from a very legitimate looking site called BPR Business and Politics. It looks very, you know, uh, mainstream, whatever. So, um, and it says his quote is. I used to say, if I can make an arrangement where I had a stand-in, a front man or front woman, and they had an earpiece in, well, I didn't even hear the earpiece part, okay, and I was just in my basement, in my sweats, looking through the stuff, and I could sort of deliver the lines, but somebody else was doing all the talking and ceremony, I'd be fine with that, Obama remarked about perhaps a stealth third term to a fawning Stephen Colbert on CBS's The Late Show, so that's apparently when that happened. And and we know that the Colbert show is known for its comedy and not its its cutting-edge social commentary so it's interesting i i don't think there are a lot of accidents but the basement comment was the one that stuck out to me because well why wouldn't you say sitting on a beach why wouldn't you say you know sitting on a big office high rise with a a view that's what power people want why did he say basement yeah because he's been to the basement because he's been to the dumbs and he knows that it's a different world down there and it not necessarily is a dank dark underground world it's uh it's probably a my guess is it's a hollywood version of wouldn't hell be great if it was this way 
Mm-hmm. You know, and I, like that's that's definitely an article you could see on Slate. How misunderstood hell may actually be. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, right next to the uh, the economy really isn't in bad shape if you don't look at any of the leading indicators, signs, or your gas pump. It's actually doing quite great because yeah. we said so. I think the earpiece thing is weird too because that's not how I would have imagined um, like a person pulling the strings of the president situation would go. I would have imagined it would have just been, let's say it's Obama with Biden, that they would kind of have a meeting approximately every day. And he'd kind of like tell him like, well, you need to kind of push for this. I think you should talk about this in the press conference. We want to do this policy, whatever. I wouldn't imagine it would literally be like Manchurian candidate style. I'm talking in an earpiece telling you exactly what to say at all times. Yet we've, people have thought it seems like Biden maybe might have an earpiece where people. Well, no, I mean, I think, yeah, people like it. There's definitely, he's, he's, he's clearly under the control of somebody else by the way he takes his cues leaves the stage has said like i'm not supposed to say anything anymore i'm supposed to leave you know these kinds of things um for all their hatred of russia and how batty bad russia is they learned this from putin because putin did this with his interim right. guy medvedev <laughs> yeah. and obama said you know tell vlad i can be more flexible so it's it's funny how are you okay there are we gonna find a comfy position where we can settle okay. down and stop hopping around like a frog sorry that's what i do okay i'm, I'm comfy okay <laughs> just jumping okay. hopping okay. breaking my train of thought sorry. i'm giving away pearls here all right go for it i i love pearls i'm sorry I am a shifty person. Not oh my in like, gosh. Just in the it's like camera. sitting in the car with like a meth addict. Sorry. <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> okay. I'm very comfortable. Now. <laughs> okay. Oh, you're, oh, you've had coffee. <laughs> Someone turned over your energy box. You want me to explain that? No. Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, um, Obama. Obama. Vladimir so I, I, I find that, I find that very interesting. I find the basement comment um, very telling because I, I, I have a tendency to listen closely to people and to what they say and I don't think the word choices are inaccurate. So there there is that. We jump over to Shanghai and that's something that everybody should kind of pay attention to because what we can determine from Shanghai is that it has nothing to do with COVID. They're making this statement like, oh, we, we have a zero COVID po- policy. Well, we know that most of our political leaders are complete and utter liars right now. So it's not that. But if it's about COVID, why are you killing all the animals? Right. You know, and why are you locking everybody in? And why are they screaming, I'm starving? They're not screaming, oh, my gosh, I'm sick. Oh, my gosh, I'm lonely. Oh, my gosh, I'm suicidal. They are they're screaming. Literally, I'm starving. Yeah. You would think if it was COVID and from what? covid supposedly does like you would think people would be screaming my wife can't breathe my mom can't breathe she needs medical help you know what i mean like if they were dying from covid supposedly but you know what i mean no it doesn't make sense so here's what i think happened and you most people don't understand china they just think oh this china is a big old country and they like rice well china's always been food insecure if you grew up in the 70s you know, you knew that your parents would say, you know, eat your food. Kids in China are starving. And you'd be like, get a stamp. They can have this crap you whipped up. You know, you didn't. You probably didn't say that. No, I just thought it was interesting because in my um, generation, we got the same thing, but it was Ethiopia. Ethiopia that was like the starving. big starving yes. country when I was. For us, it was yeah. China. Okay. China. Kids in China are starving. Yeah. Um, so 
<laughs> I got you off your train of thought again. <laughs> so, uh, China, yeah, I, I'm an old man. Um, so when you look at a topographical map of China, you're, you really understand China's food situation. Most of it is mountainous. China has a lot of food problems, a lot of There's only a small agrable area. Many people were hoping that China would actually make the very smart move and go into southern Russia while Vlad the Destroyer was uh, occupied and carve out some of that territory for themselves because that would be perfect for their food needs. But they did not. And even Russia was worried about that, I think. So um, what I think is actually happening is uh, uh, they have an election. Which people have tried to say, well, they're having an election and they're taking a cue from our Democrats and stealing the election. Well, I think if you traditionally look at China's election results, the person that they want to win always wins by like 99.8%. <laughs> I don't think I don't think anybody oh, thinks nice. that China's ever had a fair election ever, 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 ever. Note to the Chinese people who are locked in Shanghai. It is very easy to make uh, the cleansing power of fire since you do not have rifles or weapons of any sort. So if someone can send this to people in China, I would just say um, mix yourself up some Molotov cocktails, and it's really easy to do. Just get a bottle of alcohol and pour some alcohol in there. Uh, I would say about a one-third mix, a two-thirds mix. And then I would pour some sort of oil in there or maybe floor wax or any sort of kind of like oily, waxy emollient system. And then I would soak a rag in gas uh, on the top half, but not the bottom of the half, and I would shove that down in there. And here's what I would say to you. I would begin to burn that whole place down. I would burn it down constantly. I would burn down the buildings I even lived in. I would burn down their buildings. There's a billion of you, and there's only a million of them. Two million in, in the army and stuff like that. And here's what I would say to you. You really have nothing to lose. Because wouldn't a giant post-apocalyptic flaming wasteland be better than being locked inside your uh, uh, apartment, starving? And there, yeah, and there are videos of couples jumping to their death. So I'm just saying, like, why not burn it all down? What do you have to lose? Go burn down their houses. Burn down your government. You don't need guns. Guns are great. Love them. Wish you had them. It's why the United States is free. It's not about hunting deer rifles. And, and you don't need 30-round magazines. How many bullets are you? Bad shot? Kill a deer? Kevlar? No. Our guns are for you, you fucking asshole. Our guns are for, for... You would do that to us. You guys have said China's the model government. Well, look what they're fucking doing. That's what our guns are for. Our guns are for you assholes. I hope you're listening to this. Sorry, Mom. But I get a little worked up. You watch that video, it's horrible. It's the worst thing you've ever seen. Really so I, if you can get this over to China, the cleansing power of fire will set you free. Burn everything down. Start a new life inside the, the ashes and rubble. But if you, if you burn down your stuff, then they don't have any stuff to control. If you burn them out and burn them down, then they got nothing and they're just like you. Use the cleansing power to every tyranny in the, in the entire world. Yes, you have the guns. Yes, you have the asshole, thug, turncoat, traitor, foreign mercenary soldiers. They're all oppressing you. Make some Molotov cocktails and burn them out. Yeah, exactly. And and if you do it here, U.S., I'm going to advocate it here. <laughs> and then, um, like the animal thing, too, there were videos of that and, like, the cats. Like, so they were not just rounding up the animals, putting them in little animal trans no, transport vans and like you know humanely 
you know, youth, I don't know, injecting them or something uh, a pound. Like, yeah, my son, my son Hunter is the smartest person in the world. He has a Chinese company. Rosemont, yeah, you, see what I, see what I mean? They're all in it together. They, they would all do this to us. But like they and I, this bothers me as a um, person that has claustrophobia. Yeah. There's these bags of cats. Like they bagged up like tons of cats, like tightly up into like you know burlap sack type of bags, and they're just like meowing in there and stuff all like bunched in together like that's horrible why you know what i mean like and then like apparently i did not see this one thank goodness there's like videos of them beating dogs to death like little corgis and stuff there's not even videos like, of them beating yeah. people to death yeah i mean it's insane you know so that that this tells me it's not about covid it's about food insecurity and china doesn't want the world to know that they are already just in early spring middle spring already out of food that is really bad. They're a long ways off to harvest. But, of course, because they're like our government, they're going to say, oh, it's about COVID. We're all in this together in this trying time. That's why you'll need to lock down and close your business and stay home from work and drink and watch your kids commit suicide. Meanwhile, get all your stuff from Walmart and Amazon and we're going to go to French Laundry and we're going to get our hair done. And if you say or do anything, we're going to use the police to crack your skulls. You have no more rights. I, you know, I'm sad for the Chinese, sad for what's happening to them. I think it's utterly horrible. I think it's, uh, if, if America wants a fight with China, that video convinces me that we should do that. But our elites don't want that because they are in the pay of China. But um, that's reason, that's reason enough right there to invade China and liberate those poor people. But if you don't think that our own people aren't working themselves up to do this to us... And there are some pretty big hurdles to cross doing that. They can't tape us up inside their doors or put padlock. We have most of us have houses. A lot of us have guns. I don't understand, but I do believe they have some kind of plan coming for us. I, I, I every day I am more and more convinced we are not going to have an election by what already seem the results of the election already. I mean, they, 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 this group cannot make a decision that wins. And they're going to have to face the ballot box. But if the plan is going to stay on track, I don't think they're going to be facing that ballot box. Yeah, I definitely don't think so either. And so, like, in regards to food shortages, what do you think, like, what do you think our food shortage situation is going to be in our country? Now, like, you know, soon and then, like, a little bit further on. I think the food shortage situation is 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 okay to to not good right now mm -hmm. um we happen to live at the mouth of the river so we're we're pretty good for the most part but i know that people who live across the country are already beginning to experience problems mm -hmm. and like i said it's only early spring uh middle spring um so you have that um the real concern is when people begin to wake up out of spring break because right now everybody's on spring break and they're having their best vacay ever after two years of COVID lockdown. And they think it's all going to be great. But if you watch the low simmer of the COVID narrative, it's coming back. Everybody in Washington, D.C. has COVID. Hillary had it last week. Did you know Hillary had it? Obama had it last week. Did you know? Now, these are people who don't tell us anything about their health. But now they're... Anderson Cooper has it now. Oh, brave Anderson Cooper. You know he's gay. You know he's gay. Well, then he can do no wrong. He can do no wrong. <laughs> He did work for the CIA, too. Mm -hmm. But he's gay. Mm -hmm. And he lives in a firehouse. Oh, yes. Yes, he's point. so gay. <laughs> mm, gay. <laughs> so, um, 
I wanted to commit a hate crime today. You did? Yeah, and it's what? a historic hate crime. Okay. There's this story of this airport that has uh, a robot that goes around and tells you to wear a mask. Oh, right, yeah. And the robot's name is Scott, and they put a really super flaming gay dude's voice in there. Really gay. So I now want to go to that airport and beat the living crap out of that robot <laughs> and commit the first hate crime against a gay robot. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then say, like, hey, I have no problems with gay people. I just hate gay robots. Yeah. And he, it's a robot. But, so he doesn't have human rights, right, guys? So you really can't get into too exactly, much trouble. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think I would get in trouble, and I think that I think property. well, I think I think I, I would do it just for that. I don't care about that. <laughs> I do I do I do six months in someone's lockup for that. Really? Yeah, for sure. Six months for for sure. Wow. For sure. I'd get a lawyer and get out in ten days. Okay. And I do it for just the fun of it, and also like, but I really just want to do it to poke people in the eye. And just be like, yeah, that's the guy that committed the first gay robot hate crime. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's probably been a different one. And it was Scott with one T. Yeah. Like... <laughs> so, it was so crazy. And his voice was so oh, mincing. Yeah. Please wear a mask. It's like... <laughs> just, so bad. I would just... I would love... That's probably... I would drink for that. And I, and I don't I don't drink at all, and I never will drink. And I shouldn't have a doomsday moment. But I could see pounding a few in the airport lounge and then just getting a bat and just working out on that thing. I want me like, if I die unexpectedly, I'm I could see you doing it. I'm doing it. I will, <laughs> I will, I will sob. Be like, oh, she had so much to live for. She was so great in the sack. You know, and your parents are uncomfortable at that moment and things like that. And then, oh, I've got nothing. Why? Take me! And then, like, everybody like, well, Nick, take care. Try not to destroy yourself. And then I'd be like, oh, I've got a little something to live for. And then I'd be like, 11 o'clock night flight that night. I'd be on the way to that gay robot. Oh, like you wouldn't drive there and then go to the airport? Would you fly there? Because you don't usually fly. No, but... i got to get this over. Okay, <laughs> so you're going to fly. Gotta Maybe you can, it. like, you can get your drinking done on the plane then. Well, I don't want to be right? too drunk. I want I want to have a good kinetic connect ratio with the bat. That's true. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> and I need, I'm need. i going to need one of you to go with me to video it. Oh, right. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna whip that out of that robot. So you'll ask for volunteers if that time ever comes. But I don't think I'm going to die, so I think we're okay. I don't think so either. <laughs> Unless the... Uh... So I, I think that it's... I, I think the China situation is bullshit. It's not about COVID. Uh, it is about food insecurity, and, and it's coming our way. I just don't know that they'll be able to implement it at that level. But do, does anyone doubt that it's in their hearts to do so? And maybe that's why we're having the push on guns. And and again, I don't think they can get any... I mean, I... You know, I think... I think that they know we're going to have problems because why Why else in the hell is Washington, D.C. like an armored fortress now? Yeah. Why Why are they trying to send – why are they trying to entice a lot of former veterans to go and fight in this charade of a war in, in Ukraine um, to get them out of being of any assistance here? Uh, I, I think I think that there's I think that they I'm not sitting there thinking like oh we haven't really thought this through I think there is a plan, and I think it's probably scarier than China's version of hell, and you should be concerned about that. I sure am, for sure. Yeah. So um, let's see. What do you think about the? Uh, well, yeah. Like speaking of Ukraine, the surrender in Mariupol. 
Yeah, the surrender of Mario Puzo. So uh, last night I had dinner with an intelligence officer who's a friend of mine, and he was an Iraq uh, guy. And did some really. He's he's one of my favorite people to talk to uh, because he's not he's not a um, braggadocio braggart you know kind of guy. He's probably the least. I I don't say this to put him down or anything like that, but he's really a, a true intelligence operative. And it's like you you you. He's very determined. Um, he's very. Um, He's a person that you probably wouldn't expect to do the things that he did, and um, he did some really crazy th- things in Iraq, and and um, like really like I mean I, I don't mean sitting in the talk briefing everybody I mean like actually running Joes on the ground in Baghdad and stuff like that. So really cool guy, um, and I asked for his assessment on you know the Ukraine and everything like that. And, and he's a West Pointer. And so it was amazing because I just sat and listened for two hours and asked the questions I wanted to ask. And um, <clears throat> his, assession, his, his assessment, and I don't know that I have an assessment, but it deeply, and I didn't say this to him, but it deeply on a lot of levels disagrees with kind of the information that I'm taking away and kind of assimilating. And I would, I would ask questions. And those seem to be like, well, I hadn't really considered that, you know, like it was it was very interesting because he was very much of the opinion that that Putin is is has aired incredibly, that there's no way that Putin can win. And um, people are going to get fired uh, in Russia, in Russia, because the generals were busy, you know, selling off all the good equipment and ripping everybody off. And yeah, that's Eastern Europe. What would you think was going to happen? Um, you know, you can't have total corruption and then expect the people below you not to be corrupt. Uh, that's why you're not, you know, that's why you're supposed to have integrity. That's why you're supposed to have morals. That's why in the West, I know you guys all want to, uh, to the left, like get rid of that Judeo-Christian anchor, but it's that Judeo-Christian anchor that actually makes the full sale of freedom work because it has to be tempered by morals. It has to be tempered by some fear of divine retribution and all these kinds of things. But you guys are just like, oh, we're elite. There is no God. We can do whatever I want. Well, guess what doing whatever you want gets? It gets your generals selling all your best equipment when you go off to war because they don't believe there's a God either, and so they're not going to be accountable. And you get that in banking. Why don't we just rip everybody off and savage everybody's 401ks because we don't believe in God either. And people say, well, most of the people who wrote the Constitution didn't believe in uh, a God or the Declaration of Independence. That may be true, but they knew everybody else did, and they knew that on Sundays, whether you liked it or not, you're going to have to go in there and listen to a hellfire and damnation sermon by the minister, and that was what kept everybody as a last defense towards morality. But then you had this sort of, uh, you know, the reasonable people coming in and saying, there is no God and we have nothing to fear. We can do anything now, and it's amazing. The doing anything was just basically being a bunch of garbage raccoons. Yeah. So there is that. So his assessments were all a little different than mine, and everybody's losing everything like that. But I've been paying attention to a few other sources and just looking at the map and kind of looking at things. And I'm not seeing Putin losing. I'm seeing him take casualties, but the Russians always knew they were going to take casualties, even in in the Cold War. And even look at the Russian casualty losses in World War II. Casualties aren't a big thing to the Russians. Oh, all the Russians' equipment is nothing but junk. It was always junk. They 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 fight wars with junk. They 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 don't mind the junk. The junk is great to them. So there's that. 
But now we have, you know, uh, it was a thousand uh, Ukrainian Marines. Where the Azov Brigade is now being called, uh, surrender, surrendering at Maripol. The Russians have encaldroned, I think they call it, um, all the zones that they want. They've bifurcated the com- country without actually bifurcating the country. They put pressure on Kiev, Kiev by what I think will probably go down as one of the top 10 military maneuvers, if not top five of all time, by going through Chernobyl. You hear all these things about how dumb and stupid and all these kinds of things that the Russians are. And all of that may be true because at the end of the day, I don't know what is true and I don't think anybody knows what's true. Just like Shanghai. I'm not in Shanghai. I don't know. The government is telling everybody, oh, this is because we're so good at fighting COVID and we just want zero COVID. And that's why we're stuffing cats and dogs in bags and murdering them so that you can't feed them food. And that's why people are screaming through the glass windows that they're starving to death. But it's really about COVID. And it's like, I don't know what it's about, but I do have to look at other things besides official sources. And all you see on on Twitter and all you see on, on, on all these social media platforms is the official narrative that the Ukrainians are some kind of Avenger-like force who can take on 129 Russian tanks all at once and leap through the air and they've got all this great US equipment and they're just they're just and they've been trained by the US and all these kinds of things and you go, well, what about Maripol? Why are they in siege there? Why do they keep having out? And I asked this guy, I said, did you know about the the, the US general that's probably trapped in Maripol? And and he's like, no, I don't know anything about that. And I said, well, the 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 Ukrainians have been sending helicopters in every night to try to get this guy out because they ain't getting 4,000 people out on a single helicopter. So everybody is pretty sure there's a high-value target that, that the Russians want in there that they're not getting out, and the Russians just keep shooting down the helicopters, and they won't let this guy out. And people who are kind of in the back channel think it's this U.S. general named Cloutier or Clutter or whatever you want to call him, and he was one of the primary um, uh, trainers. Then you have the uh, French journalist who comes back and uh, after working with sort of the the French mercenaries that wanted to go fight in the Brigade Internationale, and they're saying that the Americans are running everything on the ground. Oh, that's not true. That's not true. This is the Commander Zero Zelensky's out there in his little green outfit, and he is firing you know man pads and N laws and all these things. He has single-handedly killed 38 Russian tanks today. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're like. I don't know what's true, but I do know that a bunch of Ukrainian Marines who I've been told have said everything like, we will give you sunflower seeds for your bodies and we will fight to the death for the glory of Ukraine, you know, and all these things, they just surrendered to the Russians. Yeah, exactly. All I'm saying is like, things aren't adding up. And does that mean anything? Does that mean I know what's going on? It does not. But it means that the official narrative is bullshit. Yeah, I agree. And so, and you feel like our intelligence officer, former intelligence officer friend, is, he's like a legit guy, but he's maybe also getting fed the, the same Well, I finally asked him this question, right? and I said, listen, do you think that there is a civil war going on in the intelligence community right now? And he seemed to stop and think about that, and then he said, well, now that you mention it, yes, I do think that's happening. And... He is someone who probably thinks verbatim exactly, if not wilder than I do. Um, yeah, he's super red-pilled. Super way. red-pilled. Yes. Uh, not as red-pilled as Medusa. <laughs> well, that's pretty hard to do. Yeah, but 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 pilled to the red. 
you know, to the hot tamale, hot yeah. tamale pilled. Uh, <clears throat> hello. <laughs> uh, I had to suck in a big breath of air there to make my next point. Um, but I, I think that you can still be in a bubble and that is the danger and the power of the media. And I know that he's still in some groups, you know, from his military associations and things like that. And of course, if you're going to disinform, disinform the people who think, you know, again, intelligence and I, and I hate it because it's not real and, and it's accepted as it's not real. The reality is what you can go there and see and look and count the dead bodies. The reality is either Private Yuri or Private Kennedy standing on a hill with a rifle. And then you can look at that hill and say, well, that looks like Yuri. So Yuri owns that hill. And that's about the truest thing that you can know. The rest of it is like, well, we, we can shoot this down. And we have these things. We will fight to the death. Those guys surrendered. They were traitors. You know, and it's, it's you know, it's, it's the biggest mistake in all of this is this is Eastern Europe. This is not a place that's known for its morals, values, integrity, or anything like that. And the fact that we're being asked to die for this. Now, oh, no one's being asked to die. No one's being asked to go over there or anything like that. Well, I can show you the articles where they're trying to... Rolling Stone, trying to lure vets over there to get involved. I can show you the propaganda videos where they're trying to get the vet bros and the Redditors to go over there and find true love with this Russian model fighting with an airsoft gun right, and Ukrainian all these kinds of things. Model. Yeah, Ukrainian yeah. models. Or I can show you... Um, the fertilizer prices, all that other stuff and everything like that, all those indicators, that's fine and dandy. We can all argue over those left, right, and center, but you are about to get, we are all about to get the biggest dose of reality in the world regarding those fertilizer prices and what is going to happen in this world. And yeah, we may, I don't even know, I, I'll say this right now, I don't even know that we're going to dodge it because there do seem to be other things that are happening uh, in the U.S. where it does seem that someone and by someone I mean our government, is purposely trying to savage the supply chain. Someone posted a, a um, compass point, let's call it, or a data point um, in the comments from the last podcast. And, and they were basically saying, we can't get antibiotics for the animals for the farms. And I went around and checked it out. What did they say, basically? Um, it's from Chris P. And he says... Um, this was on Sunday. He posted this. Heard an interesting shortage tale today. Was talking with a couple dairy farmers in the area, and they are being told that there is a shortage of animal antibiotics. Injectable penicillin is sold out in the local stores and on back order from the local vets. I checked Fleet Farm and Tractor Supply while I was in town, and the shelves were empty. Just another data point. But we can make tons of that vaccine that everybody's kind of made up their mind they don't want now. But we're being told needs to be made and they're going to create another crisis for us to make it so that have it so that they can redistribute more of our government cash into their friends pockets and themselves also so all of those things are interesting i've also heard from other farmers that large sections of the poultry population and um, meat production are being euthanized mm -hmm. for no good reason we're being told supply chain shortage like and that's been going on for a while but it's actually still going on and so that makes no sense to me. But it's the price of fertilizer and the shortage in the Ukraine and all these kinds of things that are that are heading towards a superstorm of shortages that might not just hit the third world. And if it hits the third world, they're com they're coming here. 
the Nigerians are crossing the southern border like no tomorrow. They're actually going into Latin America and then coming up through the U.S. These people are going to want food, and they're going to come here, and you're going to have disasters and problems and all that kind of stuff. So will our stores stay full? I don't know. All I know is that what I watched with COVID is that when people freaked out, they locust the stores. And so I think that's why they're already trying to maybe avoid that with like this baby formula thing. That's another thing I don't think we mentioned. Obviously people have probably heard, but there's shortages on baby formula because of a recall. But like it was pointed out, that shouldn't normally create such huge shortages. So there's more to it than just the recall, but they are already putting those signs, like limiting people. You can only buy one a day or whatever. And I'm just saying like, it, it doesn't seem that the government is helping. And then when you hear the antibiotics thing and the euthanization thing, and then, and then Joe Biden persisting in the folly of even paying attention to the Ukraine, it, it makes you begin to realize that these things might be on purpose, maybe for some grand plan, for the new world order, or for digital money, or maybe just so that the Democrats can say, you know, everything's so rough, let's, let's not have an election, or let's have a mailed-in election, or however they can maneuver the, 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 the situation, the crisis that they don't want to go to waste. So that they continue to buy a little more time. I don't know. I think all those things are interesting. I think that they're worth considering. I think that you should begin to incorporate them into your planning. And if you're not doing something now, you're probably behind the curve. But I think you can still catch up. One last thing. There has been a weird, weird, weird thing that has surfaced. Is that all our things that we were going to discuss? Just, yeah, the weird thing. Well. New York subway attack. I don't think you really have... The New York subway attack is really funny because I'll just make this one point. The guy makes a video the day before and is on the the FBI terror watch list and is one of these white people are bad, white people are the worst people ever, white people are going to kill you. You know, he he literally takes the Russian-Ukrainian conflict and says, look at these two white people killing us. They're probably going to kill all of us black people. This This is a mentally ill, enraged person who was forged and made mentally ill by the Democrats and the left to turn him into a weapon. And yesterday he became a weapon and he shot 13 people. And he made a video basically, you know, outlining his belief systems and how much he hates white people and how dangerous he thinks they are. And how, as he said, there needs to be more, quote unquote, stray bullets, meaning people, white people just need to be shot. That's what he's trying to say there. And then he goes into a subway and shoots a bunch of people. And the FBI says, we just can't figure out his motive. Yes, his, his motives remain unknown. Yeah. So that's the utter disingenuous bad faith conversation of our DOJ. But they'll tell you, first off, that you're the greatest threat because you you want freedom and because you question the election and because you want your kids not to be harmed by... Uh, Marxist theory theory in the form of CRT, you're, you know, you need to be on a list, you need to be a terror watch list, or you listen to the other things they say, we need to be rounded up, we need to be re-educated, that was something they said. We're the greatest threat in all these kinds of things, but not this guy, not these people, these aren't, the and, and the mo- and, and even when the guy makes a video outlining what his motives, what his mindset are, and what he thought the, the violent solution to all of this was, the FBI says, well, his remains, his motives remain 
uh, unconfirmed or, you know, may never be known. And all <laughs> yeah. these of course they may, because you don't want to know. Yeah. Just like Hunter Biden's laptop. And there's actually some really interesting things going on with that. We're trying to research that. But some people have dug into some partitions and down in, they've actually found DOJ encryption keys, which he shouldn't have, mm-hmm. which tell you that he was probably moving around a lot of stolen money for the government and stuff like that. So that's kind of coming to light. I'm going to say this, and this is a weird one. And then we'll get to the other weird one. The Medusa and I had a strange strange incident yesterday. Yes. So we go to a big box store and we run into some friends. We start talking to them. And while we're talking, I noticed this guy that Medusa says, once I pointed him out, clearly looked like a fed. I thought so, but you thought he looked almost too obviously fed. But he looked, been, yeah, like, yeah. Obviously. So, I mean, short and tight haircut, uh, muscly, well-built, um, all these kinds of things. Now, when you go into these big box stores, you usually get a big basket because you're going to buy a lot of crap. As people used to say before the economy went nuts, you know, that you, you can't get out of Costco without $500 bill. But that's nothing now. That's like three steaks. And can I say, he also had a black version of khaki slacks on. So they were like khaki slacks material, yeah. but they were like black colored. And right. like yeah. kind of a little polo shirt yeah. that was like, yeah. So he's got no basket or anything like that. And he comes up to my right behind the Medusa a few things away while we're talking to these people. And he just like gets really interested in these soda boxes. And he's like kind of like studying them and everything like that. But he's really close to us. And I'm thinking, like, just because I'm a freak, I, I watch how people work. And I'm like, just pick up the thing <laughs> and put it in the basket. He doesn't have a basket. You know, like, and I'm like, okay, now now you've triggered there's something odd about you. So he does that for a bit. And then and then we part from our friends after I pointed out to the Medusa. And then we start, we, we make a purposeful move because this is what I found um, tradecraft-wise with, you know, losing tails and things like that. Um, make an odd maneuver and force them to make an odd maneuver and then you kind of can out them and identify them. So I just say, oh, okay, let's go this way. And then I make a sharp left turn down one aisle and cruise the Medusa by some wine. And this guy goes past us and then goes, goes past where we're at, turns and comes back and stands a little more near us. Still doesn't have any basket or anything like that. And it's just like touching the wine. Like, oh, should I buy this one? You know, but like, like he's more like he's sizing it. Like, not like he, like a, like a wine person. Like you would like, oh, this is from Paso Robles, you know, and this got a 92 point review or anything like that. He's more like, will this fit in my basket that I don't have? Will this fit in my car? You know, like the behavior was so odd and off kilter that you couldn't help but notice it. And he pretty much shadows us through the whole store and we have a very specific, we don't like wander all the aisles. We hit like three areas and we're gone and we have a circuit and like, amazingly, he has the same circuit and all that kind of stuff. Whereas, for example, and, and at one point you walk by him and he really studies you. Really? Like really, really, really. Yeah. Now like, you are strikingly beautiful. No, but thank you. But no, like I could see out of the corner of my eye cause I have pretty good peripheral vision. He is staring and he's not looking away and it's like for a crazy amount of time as I'm like rounding the corner you know from one aisle to the other whatever and I can feel it feel it feel it feel it and I'm like don't look at him don't look at him and then finally at the last minute I'm like I'm just gonna look and make sure that I'm right and that he's looking because I feel that he's been looking the whole time and he is he's his eyes are like boring into me so he was 
looking at me that entire time, which is weird. And But the other thing I was going to say is when you said and he magically had the same circuit as us, for example, the friends that we happened to enter never saw them again. at the same time with, you're right. Like once we started shopping, we never ran into them again. Yeah. So yeah. that's weird. Yeah. And our trip is pretty quick. Yeah. And it's a huge source. So if, if you if you do a lot of things, you can get lost in there for quite a while. But I'm like, nah, I hate that. So I decide that I'm going to follow him because I'm an asshole. And I wait till he leaves the store and we're in our car. And then I just kind of like shadow him. And he does this really odd thing in the parking lot. He goes down one area, one aisle or row, and then he doubles back and then goes halfway across the parking lot to his car. And I'm like... And then I look and I'm like, out at the end of that row is is a cop car. Yep. And I'm wondering if he spotted that and went another direction because maybe he wasn't an alphabet people. Maybe he is what we are actually having a problem with right now in the Southland, which is a human trafficker, mm -hmm. which would explain why he was studying you so well and everything like that and so interested in you and everything like that. Saw the cop diverges. So I decided to do one last test. And generally, if I catch anybody staring at me or, you know, like doing whatever, I, I'm kind of, you know, we'd had another incident the day before, but this is just some blowhard. And, you know, I'll, I'll usually directly engage that person and look at them. And like, and it's also something you do, you know, when you're meeting people or you're doing book signings or whatever. If someone's coming at you that you are concerned about or whatever, the best thing that you can do is engage them and kind of get your hand out in front of them and be like, hey, how you doing? Because you you kind of back up whatever plan that they're working, as in if they're kind of worried, like, and, and you make them aware that you now see them and that you're dealing with them and they're not going to, like, have a surprise moment. Maybe that checks them a little bit or maybe you're just watching their hands and so when they begin to swing, you can counter and do whatever you're going to do and you don't let them get close to you, keep your hand out, keep them back, stuff like that. So... The guy starts to load his car, and I pull up, I don't know, like one aisle away, but there's nothing between us. And I just stop, and I just stare at him. And I can tell that as he loads the car, he sees me. And then he kind of sees me, and then he goes back to loading the car. Now, if I would have been him and someone would have done that, I would have said, can I help you? You know, but probably with some F-bombs. Right. You know, so the fact that he tried to pretend like there was nothing happening tells me that he had something he was protecting something to hide and the staring thing was weird back to that moment because i'm clearly with you yeah. right he shadowed us through the whole store but then like and the stare was weird i mean it was like he didn't even try to like give me a little smile or something yeah. it was like a creepy just like my eyes are just boring into you like it was a very creepy and he didn't like try to look away like oh I don't want you to catch me looking at you know it was like it was odd it yeah. was like really unusual but he was clean cut uh, well built Middle Eastern or Hispanic uh, you know like he could have gone either way on where he was at but the behavior was so odd and so disconcerting with sort of the normal panorama of an of, of normal people doing things that he stuck out like a sore thumb so fbi cia if this is you that guy sucks <laughs> exactly. and if it was a human trafficker well good you should stand out like a sore thumb and, and it's probably you know warning order for all the husbands out there probably not a great time to let your wives and daughters uh be out and about 
there, there's just some really because we've actually had a couple of like incidents lately where just rando people are just way too interested in you yeah and speaking of the friends that we ran into they, they have a personal it. friend yeah. Oh, yeah. who literally almost got trafficked in in a walmart yeah. like got grabbed basically and luckily she kind of jerked free and got away but like she, literally someone attempted to kidnap yeah. their friend so so that story you know very interesting we'll just tell you what's going on there so that you know when we uh die in a murder suicide next week you can you have some clues that it probably wasn't a murder suicide. we're not gonna kill ourselves so <laughs> if it does happen it's yeah. not that and we're not shutting up and we're gonna keep talking about all this bullshit so here's a crazy thing um uh, Stu Peter's show, I know everybody's mileage may vary. Uh, Stu's interesting. Uh, sometimes he's a little high-strung. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, at first, kind of dismiss this story. I discount it. But he did a documentary with this Dr. Brian artist. The Medusa really is into the story. Um, why don't you break it down? So, first off, I have a, we have a little experience with knowing who Dr. Brian Artis is and my experience with him thus far before this was I trust him because like, you know, as a source, as a you know medical source on this whole COVID craziness, because he's the first person that kind of brought to light the problem with the hospital protocols of remdesivir and ventilators. And he was the first person that super spoke out about that. And that I think most people agree is like, yeah that did actually turn out to be the case and true, you know, most people on our side. So anyway, um, he basically said, he explains kind of how he comes to this theory and he does, I think, make a pretty good case, um, that he does not believe that COVID is a virus, but rather a poison and specifically that it is not derived from bats but from snake venom. And that sounds crazy, but he does lay out evidence and an argument for these they things. They did a little documentary called In the Water. And so, like, some uh, some highlights that are interesting that he brings... Or Watch the Water, sorry. Watch the Water. Mm-hmm. So, some highlights that they bring up. And again, at first I wasn't convinced, but now I'm, I'm getting more interested by the second. Um, and again, like... This is a stupid podcast where we talk about all kinds of weird, crazy stuff. Lately, a lot of it's turned out to... But, I mean, the times are so crazy and so weird, it's probably time to consider some of these things. Like I'm saying, like, if you think it's about COVID in Shanghai, it obviously is not about COVID. So, um, he, he basically says that early on, when COVID first happened... Um, there was there were three prevailing you know topics being discussed and that was this either came from a bat a monkey or a snake and there were all kinds of articles and everybody was like ah oh, everything and when he looked at those articles specifically two snakes the crate snake and the king snake in china and when he looked at those articles what he found was and he did this because he was beginning to see some things um that caused him to question what was really going on before i tell you like oh anyways when he looked at the snake articles um the snake articles had an abundance of fact checkers i think at about a five to one ratio saying it absolutely cannot be a snake it's not a snake steer away from this it's really it's really bats it's really bad well we know the bat thing was bullshit at the end of the day 
But when you yeah. go back and look at how hard they wanted this off oh, of snakes. Pangolins. Pangolins. Pangolins were the other ones they were pushing. You know, okay. Yeah. So, and monkeys were in there too, I think. Yeah. So, so he says, initially he was against monoclonal antibodies. And everybody knows from the Florida thing and from everything, monoclonal a- antibodies like Joe Rogan, Tim Pool, turned them around overnight. And Tim Pool says he was he had it bad. And mono, and I know other people have talked about it, having it very bad and monoclonal an- antibodies turned them around. And this guy, even though he was the guy calling out remdesivir as being very bad and, you know, having a problem with it and all that. And, and fair game, this guy is a chiropractor. He is not a... He is not a biologist or anything like that, but he was having a family member who had medical issues, and as a health advocate, he was in there, and then he was going in, deep diving into all the material, looking at all the things. He's like, listen, remdesivir is really bad. It shouldn't be used, and all these, and he's right. Like, I think that you can look at the U.S. used remdesivir as a euthanasia drug, and then England, the U.K. had their own version of it, but all the people that got remdesivir got ventilated and ended up dying pretty much. Almost like it was a it was a protocol. Um, not all, of course, some people did it. So, anyways, his colleague wrote him and said, if because he was talking about how he was against monoclonal antibodies, his colleague wrote him and said, um, if you were bitten by a snake, would you take antivenom? And the guy said, yeah, of course I would take antivenom. You know, that's that's designed to help you recover from a serious snake bite. Well. He looked into that and he's like, why is my colleague asking me this question? And so he began to look at uh, antivenom. And it turns out antivenom is a monoclonal antibody, as in you take snake venom and you put it into a horse and the horse generates the antibodies uh, and that becomes, uh, the, the mono, that becomes antivenom, effectively. That's a rough sketch of how it happens. Um, and so we now have to, because of that, we now have to jump to... You know, let's forget ivermectin. Let's forget hydroxychloroquine. Let's forget Trump telling us to all pour bleach in our system. Remember when he said that? Remember when he said drink fish cleaner, fish tank cleaner? He didn't say any of those things. I know. But, you know, it was the mean girl hashtag, Stephen Colbert, lame, everything's dumb, you're all white supremacists. Follow the science, people who never, ever followed the science. Never, ever followed the science. And even now are like, oh, well, our hearts were in it. But you told me you were following the science. You didn't tell me our hearts were in it. And there's dead people. There's a lot of dead people. But, you know, we're not looking at that. We're not pursuing that or anything like that. So this guy asks a very honest question. And again, I don't know. And and I still don't believe this or anything. But we're just going to tell you this story. And then you look at it. You watch the documentary. And then you see the ongoing discussion. I don't know. But if the monoclonal antibodies were working and they work on toxins, then was COVID a virus or was it a toxin? Right. Where did the flu go? Where did the cold go? You know, I don't know. The, and, I, and I still don't. And now we'll, we'll read um, Steve Kirsch's response, which I think is how everybody should respond to everything. Instead of this hashtag mean girling of everybody. So I don't know, but it is an interesting concept. And the documentary lays out a case. And it's not a great documentary. There's a few critical points and things like that. But can't we have the discussion? 
Are we all bigots if we have the discussion? Are we all anti-American if we have the discussion? Are we all stupid Cro-Mags and not as smart as Jen Psaki and Brian Stetler because we ask questions? Because there are questions that do need to be asked. There are things about COVID that if it was actual snake venom, really super makes sense. Like more than anything else, more than bat, way more than bats, way more than bats. People having problems breathing, the diaphragm, all this kind of strokes, embolism, all these kinds of things. Loss of taste and smell. Loss of taste and smell. It's, it's interesting. I'm not saying it's the smoking gun. But here's Steve Kirsch. If you don't know who Steve Kirsch is, um, he's probably a very high-functioning Asperger's adult who is a, you know, I think he's the guy who invented the mouse. Oh, okay. And he has a lot of money. And, and he's been, and he's vaccinated. And he's super passionate about this entire thing. And he wants to know what happened. Unlike our government, unlike our judges, unlike our police, unlike all the stores that banned you and made you wear a mask or the schools that masked your children or, you know, unlike all the people that supposedly care and made dancing videos of how much they cared, no one wants to find out what actually happened. And there you have Steve Kirsch actually trying to find out what happens. So this is Steve Kirsch's response as performed by the Medusa to what to what this doctor artist and and um, Stu Peters have put forth in this documentary and I think it's a good discussion and a good response and I'm interested to see where it goes because at the end of the day I'm not on any team neither is the Medusa we just would like to know what happened yeah as you say a lot lately and I agree we're on the team of truth or you know we're on the side, we're on of, the truth. side of truth yeah, yeah. Um, so he's entitles his Substack article, What I Think of the Brian Artis Video, Watch the Water. The video is out. I've seen it. A few parts I agree with. For most other parts, I'm skeptical. I've invited Brian to meet with my colleagues so we can ask questions. Summary. In this article, I give my overall reaction and then specifically respond to some of the key points in the video. Some parts I agree with. Most parts I remain unconvinced. We agree there is evidence that the virus is similar to snake venom. But as for other assertions, such as it's a poison spread through the water, which I don't think we mentioned yet, but that's part of it as well. He says, I'm not buying it. I've scheduled a recorded discussion between Brian and my experts to see if we can form a consensus. That call happens on Thursday, April 14th. Well, tomorrow. now that's novel. Someone has said something and we're going to have a conversation and discuss it. And right. the person who's making the claim is willing to be asked questions. Yes. Unlike the Fouch. Right. Don't question the science. I am science. Exactly. Right. Yes. You're good. And then he says, um, so he's going to post the video basically of this call tomorrow, which should be super interesting to listen to as well. Um, <clears throat> continuing, he says, I'll update this article as I learn more. Here are my impressions at the moment. And then he says the videos. Here's the Stu Peters interview. So he posts that video. I guess there's another person that interviewed him on Brighton. This guy is uh, Mike Adams. I, I also like him. So anyway, okay, we're going to watch that. But we haven't yet. Then he goes on to say, Brian also said we should read this article. And he gives a link to this article. Venom Tech Company announces massive library of snake venom peptides for pharmaceutical development. Nanocarriers Stabilize Snake Venom in Water, PubMed, written by Mike Adams. So he's saying you should read this article as well. 
Then he says, my reaction. It's an interesting narrative. I watched the Stu Peters episode and I haven't watched the Brighteon episodes yet. So with those caveats, these are my preliminary thoughts. Number one, it is good that Brian is attending the call this Thursday with my colleagues. This is something that people promoting false narratives never agree to. Number two, my colleagues who have seen the videos believe some parts. Similarity with snake venom, but not others. Poison spread through the water. Number three, most of us didn't like the narrative presentation. It would have been much better to enumerate up front what the novel claims were and then methodically justify each claim with evidence. Instead, it was a long mystery novel. Number four, my readers are split on whether Dr. Artis is credible, as you'll see from the comments below. Number five, everyone agrees he's making some observations that are worthy of discussion. Number six. Worthy of discussion. Mm-hmm. Number six. I was amazed at the fortune cookie story at the end of the Stu Peters interview. That just seems too hard to believe, but I don't think Brian would lie about it either. That part was really hard to believe, but apparently true. We didn't mention that, but... So we're going to dive in because we did mention it at the very beginning. It's oh. the story of Bingaling Lao. Actually, his name was Bing Lu. Bing Lu. And just yeah. to be, you know, but, uh, you know, you know me, my irreverent desire to mock even fatality. Bing Lu is a guy, a researcher, who at the very beginning of all of this thought that snake venom had something to do with covid smart chinese guy working i think university of pittsburgh really and then somehow he got ventilated by 10 gunshot wounds and then apparently a girlfriend did it even though everybody said he didn't have a girlfriend and they'd never heard of a girlfriend but he was murdered and then on top of that the very officious uh people who ran his um program and all that kind of stuff and the department administrator of the hospital said we are very interested in his work on snake venom poisons and what they might have to do with covid and we will publish all the results and that was a year and a half ago and no results have been published and bing lu rots in a grave you know hopefully not hopefully he's in heaven but you know it was uh the story was and this is not me being arch or making a joke the story was dead and buried yeah exactly Number seven. It's amazing how many people die yes. that ask the wrong questions. It's not a coincidence. It's becoming a pattern. It's almost like they're asking the right questions. Yeah. Uh, number seven. He mispronounced Genentech and was unfamiliar with That's them. That's what Odd. tells you that Steve Kirsch is high-functioning. Yeah. <laughs> um, excuse me? It's Genentech. <laughs> Who would do that to me, Medusa? I try not to. I try to stop myself. <laughs> number eight. The Bing Liu murder is real. I'm not buying the lover's quarrel story promoted by the police because nobody knew he had a girlfriend. More on this in another substack. If I had heard this video a year ago, I would have totally dismissed it. But the most important lesson of the pandemic is to not be so fast as to dismiss things that don't fit your narrative. Do I think Dr. Artis has solved it and all the pieces fit together? No, but I'm willing and open to being convinced. Other people like Dr. Sabine Hazan have totally different theories as to what is going on and how the virus spreads. I'll let her disclose her theory when she is ready. It's very different from what Brian says. I'm excited to hear that as well. Don't know what that is yet. That's me. Okay, back to it. The point is that different people have different hypotheses that they believe. It's good to hear different points of view. That's how we learn. My take on his key points. Here are some of the key points and my thoughts on them. Number one, do I think it is a poison rather than a virus? No, you can't get poisoned from another person through close contact like at a party. More importantly, if it is a poison, this would have been discovered by now by someone. Also, poisons don't replicate over time, so the viral load won't increase over time. I'm not buying it. If it is a poison, why would a treatment like fluvoxamine be so effective? But I would ask so this effective? question. I would ask this question. 
ha, has anybody ever considered that a replicating poison would be something worth investigating? And if so, you know that those psychopaths have investigated it. Yeah. It's not. True. It's not without there. There are still other explanations for this, but what I'm delighted is that there is a conversation finally about mm-hmm. something, no matter how weird it is, and people are willing to discuss it instead of. Brian Stetler hash girl hashtag mean girl. Right. That's uh, got to stop in this in this society. Otherwise, we devolve down into the madness of a one mind state, and that one mind happens to be the fractured mind of Grandpa Craps's pants at the Vatican. <laughs> exactly. Uh, second point: Do I think? It is spread through the water. I doubt it. The virus has spread worldwide. It would take massive coordination to poison water supplies but all over the world. My response to that was: Has it? Has has like uh, you know just looking at the Ukraine and how emotional everybody is about the Ukraine, which I don't think is legit. And I I'm not saying it's not a war. I just don't think that it's a war. I would, uh, it's like Shanghai. Is it really COVID or is it everybody starving to death? I would also say, you know, if there was a pandemic and pretty much every country did all of the same unheard of before this time protocols. That would be massive coordination, and that is what there's, happened. There's so there was massive right. coordination. There were so many weird variances, though, in COVID. Like, some people got really sick. Some mm-hmm. people didn't. Some regions, you know, like, there are so many weird things that tell you the virus was not consistent. But even, like, even talking to that doctor today, he's like, well, my wife is worried about this new variant that's coming out. And I'm like, and this guy, this guy is a doctor with medical school a mili- and had been a military doctor. And I just said... Well, don't variants get weaker as they go? Just asking a question, that's what I do. Just doing my Columbo thing. I don't make statements. I just ask questions. And he was like, well, yes. Well, normally they do, yes. (laughs) But this one's special, right, Doc? (laughs) Come on, somebody! (laughs) Yeah. Um, So he was saying it would take massive coordination to poison water supplies all, all over the world and not get caught. Number three, do I think the virus is related to snake venom? Yes, we've been talking about that for over a month internally. I don't think this part is controversial. Dr. Tao Brown was discussing the similarities to snake venom in late 2020. Number four, is artists on a hit list? Probably. What I know is that there is credible evidence that artists is being targeted. I heard that assertion directly from a top government official. However, there is no explicit hit list that anyone has seen. Is it spread through the air almost exclusively? That's an interesting question. That's the current thinking. I also know that there were several people who got sick at the the DTM event who all worked in the same room together. I doubt it was in the water or in the food. So I'm still a believer in the traditional explanations of viral spread, but I'm open to seeing evidence that I'm wrong. If I missed a key point you'd like an opinion on, let me know in the comments. I've invited Brian to our team call on Thursday and I'll let you know more then. So there's all that to consider, and the discussion is ongoing, and I'm interested to follow it and see where it goes, just because someone's finally having a discussion instead of listening to those turds on TV constantly tell us that, you know, don't look around at any of the signs or indicators or anything like that. Everything is great, and this thing didn't really happen, but isn't it great that it happened? I mean, these are the most disingenuous bunch of crooks that you've ever met, and I know the things are wild or crazy, but maybe... Maybe that's the country that we're in, kids. Maybe that's this portion of the Jungle Cruise. The It's time to consider the infinitely weird. And then finally, the final step, when we get to the backside of water. When the going gets weird, the weird get going. And that's the podcast. <laughs>